Hello, Horror Fanatics! I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh! The The Horror. Horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. What's up, Jen? I'm so excited. Me too. I've been super excited for werewolves, and I'm as excited for vampires. Yeah, I don't know which one. I I, I think deep down because I'm a more of a vampire type of person. Yeah, I th- I think I'm. I know I'm gonna have to cut a lot of stuff out for vampires because I'm just gonna want to talk forever about it. But that's okay. That's fine. You know, it's more yeah. stuff coming through. But why have vampires steal the show today? Exactly. Today? It is all about those wolves, about those wolves. <laughs> it sure is. And here we are with uh, werewolves. We'll start usually with the same old format, the definition, which a werewolf, also known as a lycanthrope, a person who changes for periods of time into a wolf, typically when there is a full moon. And uh, lycanthropy is a form of madness involving the delusion of being an animal usually a wolf with correspondingly altered behavior. I think that's pretty fair to start. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Get the ground running with that. Yeah. Could elaborate more on some things, but what a horrible affliction to have. It really would be to just think yeah. you're a wolf. Yeah. And the worst part is, is you're like a bad wolf. Yeah. You're not even like a good wolf. You know, I mean, if I had my choice, and I had my say in the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, because what gets me is, is why are all these werewolves bad? If I were a werewolf, I would turn into a, a good wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I would turn into creative director Dean Winchester, our very own. I mean, he gets all the ladies, all the dudes want to be his pal. I mean, he's happy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. A, he, he, he really truly is. It's a win across the board. But again, he's not a wolf. No. Him's a dog. Really? <laughs> I didn't know. I know, right? My goodness. <laughs> I should look. I should Learn lo- something new every day. I should look at him more. <laughs> so back in, back in history, where I was trying to find the earliest stories of a werewolf and the transformation of, and two stories seem to pop out on every discussion surrounding this topic. And probably one of the earliest surviving examples of a werewolf, as far as transformation is found, is the Epic of Gilgamesh. And this story dates around 2100 to 1400 BC. That's a long gap for a story. And you would think there'd be a little more of a date there. Yeah, my source had 2100 BC as the date written, and then it had written 1800. No, exactly. And... I love these old kind of uh, poetic works from that time era. It just really yeah. gets me all in the, in the good stuff and the good parts. And this is one of those great Sumerian Babylonian poetic works. And it actually stands as one of the oldest pieces of epic world literature. Have you read it at all? No. No, I no? have not. Have you? I've read a good chunk of it. When I was working on the boats, I somehow came a- across it. And what's really cool about the story is it's the earliest of its kind known surrounding the quest for the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. You know, that bear topic. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the topic that's been beaten down <laughs> on every form of art or anything, <laughs> you know. And um, what's cool about these stories and this particular work is it's said to be a collection of ancient oral tales passed down by kings. And it was put into some kind of order for the entertainment and enjoyment of the court. So what this story ended up being, and this is where it passes this long stretch of time, is basically kings would pass these down to each other. They were these oral stories. Okay. And I'm going to pull the cheesiest example because it's terrible. And maybe that's why I need to pull it. But but like in the movie Gladiator that I just watched again for the eight millionth time, <laughs> like a week or two weeks ago, there's Joaquin Phoenix's character who's Caesar. Yeah. And he's talking to his sister's son and he's talking of these stories. Right. And that was, that was kind of cool in that part of the movie because that is accurate. That's how they told stories. Mm -hmm. Even though they had a lot of things written down, there was these epic tales right. that they would just tell. They were like, you know, sleepy time stories or, mm -hmm. or just embellishing on the legend of a former, former king or, or emperor. And Gilgamesh was a demigod, god king, as they all were back then. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a dime. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry I don't offer the role demigod king for you, but, you know, well, I'm working on it. I was going to say, could, you know, just, just keep trying, babe. I'm trying. I'm Someday. trying. I figure if I read enough of these stories. Just by, like, osmosis, If I can't do happen. it, I can just fake it, you know. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> so... He's a hero king who leaves his kingdom following the death of his best friend. He searches to find a mystical figure and gain eternal life. And his fear of death is actually a fear of meaninglessness. And ultimately it fails to, you know, he fails to win immortality. The quest itself offers his life the meaning. And that's right. kind of the, that's the tale. Right. But during Gilgamesh's quest for immortality, the goddess of fertility love, war, and sex. Big resume. She did, like, all the things. Yeah, big resume. Yeah. Is supposedly in love with Gilgamesh, and he rejects her based on her treatment of past suitors. There was a love-struck suitor that left her many offerings at a shrine on uh, a mountainside, and eventually the goddess Ishtar grew bored with his devotions and transformed him into a wolf. He was then destroyed by his own hounds. So some argue the claim of this being the first story since he was turned into an actual wolf. Asking the question, was he an actual werewolf? And well, isn't that part of the, the thing? Like you can be placed under a curse or affliction. True. True. So, I mean, technically, yeah. I think technically, yeah. Yeah. Now, the other one that everybody kind of circles the wagons around, and I could see why, because it's, it's a little obvious. It's a little more obvious. Mm -hmm. And many believe that the first werewolf story came from the Satyricon, a, a work written by uh, Roman writer Petronus, AD 27 to 66. And this was written around AD 61, but wasn't published until 1664 as well. Another long time. Yeah publisher and this is a collection of stories that follows the travels and tales of two friends Enclopius and uh, Gita 
It also contains a story of Nasiros, and I'm pretty sure it's Nasiros, but I could be butchering that name. Anyhow, he's a soldier that traveled to a distant city with an acquaintance. And while on their way, they stop at a graveyard to relieve themselves. And his companion laughs wickedly, makes a circle of urine around himself, (laughs) rips off his clothes, then transforms into a wolf, howls, and runs off towards the nearby town. Nasiros goes over to the dude's clothes, and they're made of stone. He proceeds to town, and a woman explains that a terrifying wolf killed off a group of farm animals and was then speared in the throat by a servant, killing the wolf man. So this was like the whole transformation, right. the, yep. the everything. And this is where a lot of people cling to this story as being the first one. I personally, I think it's the second one. I like the other one, too. I, Both good. I'm partial to those. Both good wolf stories. Yeah, I'm partial to these old stories. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing is these stories aren't centralized along the theme of a wolf. It's a very small piece of... Each of these stories that we pulled out, they're actually great stories as a whole. Again, like I said, the right. other one's the whole, the whole meaning of, uh, of life and everything. But you have another example. I do. Werewolves made another early appearance in Greek mythology with a legend of Lycaon. According to legend, Lycaon, the son of Pelagus, angered the god Zeus when he served him a meal made from the remains of a sacrificed boy. As punishment, the enraged Zeus turned Lycaon and his sons into wolves. The sacrificed boy, in some sources, was Lycaon's own son, Nyctimus, and he was sacrificed and fed to Zeus in order to see whether Zeus truly was all-knowing and would know. Other versions of the story claim that it was um, a slave who was Mm. sacrificed and offered up to Zeus in the yummy stew but the delectable bite yeah Yeah. moral of the story is you know maybe don't mess with the gods yeah those those stories back then had that one theme don't piss the gods off (laughs) if you don't piss the gods off (laughs) everything will be fine things will stay on a pretty even keel exactly you know they're pretty, they're not gray about that no they're really not they're actually like pretty crystal clear um, werewolves were also part of early Nordic folklore in the saga of the Volsungs. It's the story of a father and son who discovered wolf pelts that had the power to turn people into wolves for 10 days. They donned the pelts, transformed into wolves, and went on a killing rampage in the forest. The rampage ended when the father attacked his son, causing a lethal wound. The son survived because a kind raven gave the father a leaf with healing powers. Mm. I mean, if if only there really were leaves with healing powers. All the walks in the woods that I've done in my entire life. No ravens with and I healing leaves. I mean, there were some leaves that made me feel special. Some. <laughs> However, I had to get those through another means. I didn't just find them laying around in the woods, you know. And if they were, they were there on purpose. And weren't presented yeah. by ravens? No, no. Just dude in like a hoodie. It's a bummer. You know. Was his name Raven? You know, At had, least. You had to do the handshake with the money in the hand and everything all at the same time. <laughs> you know, so nothing fishy would happen. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that these stories... Uh, 
even at their early inception, they all contain these elements of even the modern werewolf tale, immoral behavior, murder, and cannibalism. Yep. It's a big, big string of ingredients there that hasn't really changed. And tales of the past involving stories of humans of uh, wolven nature in one form or another, it's typically lunacy or disease. Mm Mm-hmm. And they label the lycanthrope as nothing more than a person with a physical and sometimes mental condition, or just a straight up madman. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, the pagan berserkers were great warriors of the past. Mm -hmm. And on the pagan end and Nordic end, I could kind of see where this could have maybe went a number of ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a willingness to challenge anyone at a whim to combat to the death was like the pagan berserkers, like, wheelhouse. Yeah, that was their their jam, man. These guys were fucking crazy. Yeah, they were. (laughs) And, you know, there was somebody you wanted on your team, you know. Right, yeah. I mean, they they got the job done, but they were different. And you didn't trust them. And often they would wear animal skins, and later they'd become spiritualized over time. Mm-hmm. Their significance as warriors became basically sort of a heroic tale in its own right. And I'm sure these stories became more and more embellished throughout time. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, I don't think that happened at all. Embellishment of stories? No. 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 No, no man. Because, no. I mean, let's be honest. A story is good, but on its, like, fifth, sixth take, it's great, you know? <laughs> Only if you're a good storyteller, because a lot can get lost in translation, well, yeah. especially on the fifth or sixth telling. I mean, talk about the the telephone. Yeah, the telephone game. Yeah. yeah. Starts as this, mm-hmm. ends up as this. Yeah, exactly. And and I think this is kind of also as well, like the, the fishermen, you know, oh, yeah. and they go out on that trip or the hunters. And they catch you know, that huge that fish huge and fish. it was just it, massive. It started out at first, it was like three and a half. It, at first, it's reasonable. It's a reasonable story, you know, because you still got people that witnessed it and they're keeping the storyteller in check. Yeah. Be like, dude, that thing was at least three feet long. And they're like, I don't know, dude. I was there. It looked more like two and a half feet. It you was know? more like 18, 18 yeah. inches. It was, it was, I mean, you know, two feet, two and a half feet, you know. Yeah. And, I don't know. I think it was bigger. And eh, no, 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 it was. No, no. Yeah. Then something happens to that guy. Right. And Either, he's no longer there. And I'm not even saying death or anything. You no. know, say he's just married, he's stuck in the house somewhere, or he's, you know, or he's out hunting or fishing too. Right. And then the guy actually has the fire for the night. Yeah. You know, and they're like, Hey, won't you uh won't you tell us about that old fishing story? Tell us about that three-footer you got. three-footer my ass. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That fucker was four feet, you know. (laughs) And there you have it. So, at this point, do you have anything before European folklore? I have a lot of European folklore, but I don't have anything prior to my First instances are 1521. Because let's be honest here. The old stories are good. They're classics. Yeah. But as always with this type of uh, genre, oh, the European I found, folklore. I found some stories. The European folklore is when it starts getting juicy. You know. So 
Many so-called werewolves from centuries ago were, in fact, serial killers, and France had its fair share. Mm. In 1521, Frenchmen Pierre Bougot and Michel Verdun allegedly swore allegiance to the devil and claimed to have an ointment that turned them into wolves. After confessing to brutally murdering several children, they were both burned at the stake, as it was thought to be one of the few ways that you could kill a werewolf. Giles Garnier, werewolf of Dole, another 16th century Frenchman, whose claim to fame was also an ointment with wolf-morphing abilities. Legend has it, as a wolf, he viciously killed children and ate them. He was also burned at the stake for his crimes. And these men could have acted under the influence of an an hallucinogenic substance or Mm -hmm. been mentally ill or just straight-up cold-blooded killers. Yeah. And this likely didn't matter to the superstitious Europeans during the 16th century. To them, acts this heinous could only be committed by a horrific beast, like a werewolf. Yeah, and here's the thing. I I think people struggle with that today, too. They sure do. Son of Sam's a good example. Yeah. I mean, we were kids. We were. But I still remember it. I remember when, and I don't know the whole specifics of whether they caught him or he turned himself in. There's always kind of that weird story because the car was out there and they didn't have the warrant for the car. And yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, it's we'll kind of blast a... past all this. But the thing was, is before everybody knew who the son of Sam was, they just instantly pretend this guy's a monster in their heads. You oh, know? yeah. And then this guy comes out and here he is. Normal, everyday Joe. Yeah. You know, like the guy you worked with at the, the office looked or the like warehouse. Looked like everybody else. Looked like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And yeah. and that's, that scares people more. I think, well, yeah. You know, I think. Because it literally means the guy next door could be. A monster. Yeah. And that's. Mm-hmm. But just doesn't look like the monster. So the werewolf story yeah. It fits. It does. It really does. Yeah. Because I, I, I know there's people that think that werewolves are real. And I'm going to, yeah. you know, hey, everybody's got their own thing. Yeah. I think there it's are also like, people that still think the earth is flat. So well, I think it's like Santa. You know, everybody thinks Santa's real. Yeah. You know, until they don't. Play it. Well, <laughs> until they go like two straight years realizing that Santa ain't going to get you crap. It's, it's the person you give the message to give to Santa. That's the <laughs> that's the party. That's the party you need to have in the uh, in the ingredient relationship with with Santa, and I think with werewolves that's the same thing. It's easier yeah. to have this beast. Yeah, easier to have this beast associated yes. with it. I found it interesting during the whole European folklore era, which was is a pretty much a werewolfery was a common accusation in witch trials. It was throughout their they history. They kind of went hand in hand. Yeah, they were pretty alongside yeah. and parallel of each other. They were. And so the big question was, why wolves? You know, out of all the animal around. Because it's a big, scary animal. Yeah. And there, in Europe. Yeah. The wolf was pretty much like the the number one apex predator. If you will. You know, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because this is also corroborated with the fact that, and you don't have to look up hard for it, like areas devoid of wolves, Wolves typically use different kinds of predators to fill the void. Fill the void, yeah. You know, so Africa, there's hyenas. There's like yep. these hyena men or, you know, yep. 
or where hyenas, you know, or mm-hmm. I don't know how they, they, they word it up, but India's tigers, South America's jaguars and pumas, Asia's tigers and leopards. It's all over the world. They all yeah, have, they this all have their morph of a person. And yep. I, I think that hits the, the nail on the head of it. It's so hard to just accept the fact that there's probably a monster just as a human. Yeah. And I mean, it's sexy. It's a sexy idea. It is. You know, yeah. And the fact that someone could morph and transfer into something and, you know, and be a wolf. Yeah. Cause you could just sit there and be like, yeah, that dude next door, he's, you know, he's a fucking monster. You know, and everybody be like, yeah, I know. You'd be like, yeah, but you know what he also does? He transforms into a wolf at night. What? <laughs> Wait, there's more. The market's talking now. The, the yeah. market's full of buzz. But, um, what else do you have for uh So I have the story of Peter Stube. There's actually several last names for this guy, and I'll get into that. But he was a wealthy 15th century farmer in Bedburg, Germany, and he's perhaps the most notorious werewolf, according to folklore. He turned into a wolf-like creature at night and devoured many citizens of Bedburg. Peter was blamed for the gruesome killing after being cornered by hunters who claimed they saw him shapeshift from wolf to human. His was a grisly execution after confessing under torture to savagely killing animals, men, women, and children, and eating their remains. He also claimed to own an enchanted belt that gave him the power to transform into a wolf at will. Oddly, the enchanted belt. Yes. That's not a that's not a standalone piece either. That's pretty no. featured throughout the whole lore yeah. as well, right? I broke out um how to turn into a werewolf and I called it becoming a werewolf one oh one. And nice. yeah, the the belt is is one of the we the options. A, we publishing a handbook with that or why not? Yeah. PDF I mean, or, or the more going, you know. We go in physical uh physical <laughs> pamphlet. Just like the old days. And oddly, uh, this belt was never found. Really? Weird, right? Wow. I know. So his guilt is controversial. Nor was the bodies, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> Since some people believe he wasn't a killer, but the victim of a political witch hunt or a werewolf hunt. Mm. Either way, his life and death stoked rampant fears at the time the werewolves were on the loose. So let's break down Peter and his um, many names. There's Peter Stump. S-T-U-M-P-P, circa 1535 to 1589, a.k.a. Peter Stube, S-T-U-B-E, Peter Stubbe, S-T-U-B-B-E, Peter Stuba with the, eh, over, oh, the, yeah, over yeah. the U. The fancy U. Peter Stumpf. He's accused of well, werewolfery, witchcraft, and cannibalism, and called the well, werewolf of Bedburg. There was a pamphlet of 16 pages published in London in 1590 that described his life, alleged his crimes, and the trial from neighbors and witnesses of the crimes. Additional information was provided by the diaries of Hermann von Weisenberg, a Cologne alderman, and original documents seem to have been lost during the wars of the centuries that follow. The exact date and place of birth is unknown, but it puts it near Bedburg, Germany, around 1530. Among the names already listed, his other aliases included Abel Griswold, Abiel Griswold, and Ubel Griswold, 
The name Stump or Stumpf may have been given to him as a reference to the fact that his left hand had been cut off, leaving only a stump. Legend was that if a werewolf had his left forepaw cut off, then the same injury in the man proved the guilt. He was born at the village of Ephrath, near the county or country town of Bedburg in the electorate of Cologne. His actual birth is not known as the church registers were destroyed during the Thirty Years' War, 1618 to 1648. He was a wealthy farmer of his rural community during the 1580s, and he was a widower with two children, a girl named Beale, or Sybil, who seemed to have been older than 15 years and a son of an unknown age. Gotcha. Yeah. It gets worse. Of course it does. So in 1589, Stumpf had one of the most lurid and famous werewolf trials of history. After being stretched on a rack and before further torture, he confessed to having practiced black magic since he was 12. He claimed the devil had given him a magical belt or girdle, which enabled him to shapeshift into the likeness of a greedy, devouring wolf. Strong, mighty, with eyes great and large, which in... In the night sparkled like fire, a mouth great and wide with sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws. Removal of the belt allowed him to return to his human form. Coincidentally, the belt belt was never found after his arrest. For 25 years, he had an insatiable bloodsucker. He was an Satiable bloodsucker who gorged on the flesh of goats, lambs, and sheep, as well as men, women, and children. Being threatened with torture, he confessed to killing and eating 14 children, two pregnant women, whose fetuses he ripped from their wombs, and ate their hearts panting hot and raw, which he described as dainty morsels. One of the 14 children was his own son, whose brain he was reported to have devoured. Not only was he accused of being a serial murderer and cannibal, but also of having an incestuous relationship with his daughter, who was also sentenced to die with him, and that he had been with, in the biblical sense, a distant relative, which was also considered incestuous according to law, and she too also died as a result. He also claimed to have intercourse with a succubus sent to him by the devil. Now we get into the execution. You know, this sounds like a guy who has a story for everything. You ever be around right? those people? You know, yeah. they're just like, they always got to throw that one layer on top of you. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I, I eat kids. Oh yeah. So do I. Have you done this? You know, <laughs> and he just keeps going. Exactly. He's got to one layer. up it. Yeah. Did you kill your own kid? Yeah, I did. I did. You've been uh, a victim of a succubus. I have. I have. Have you I been mean, on the rack? I have. I have. So his execution, October 31st, 1589, alongside his daughter, Sybil, and his mistress, Catherine, is one of the most brutal on record. He was put to a wheel where flesh was torn from his body in 10 places with red hot pincers, followed by his arms and legs. Then his limbs were broken with the blunt side of an axe head to to prevent him from returning from the grave before he was beheaded and his body burned on a pyre. His daughter and mistress had already been flayed and strangled and were burned along with Stump's body. As a warning against similar behavior, local authorities erected a pole with a torture wheel 
and the figure of a wolf on it. And at the very top, they placed Peter Stump's severed head. Showmanship. I mean, yeah. When you get right down to it. You know, I mean, I think they're sending the message. Definitely like, is sending a clear message. They're sending the message like, look, we're not going to put up with this. Wolves shit. need not apply. Yeah. Go keep going. Yeah. Just pass through. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, werewolves, as described in European folklore, had telltale physical traits, even in their human forms, mm. such as the meeting of both brows on the bridge of the nose. The curve. The unibrow? Yes. Is that what they're insinuating yep. there? Yep. So. Curved fingernails, low-set ears, and a swinging stride. Really? So, I mean, apparently, if you... They're like hiding a tail in there or something? I, yeah. I mean, what if you're just a, a, a big guy with long legs and you have a long stride? What if you're just having a great day? Right? What yeah. if you're like really feeling yourself? Yeah. Yeah, no. What if he just had a good meal and it was nothing bad, just some just some gruel that yep. everyone else has? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Weird. And one method of identifying a werewolf in its human form was to cut the flesh of the accused under the pretense that there would be seen within the wound a um, fur. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I always wonder because I read that same thing. And is it the fur under the skin or fur around the skin? It's you know, supposed- As always with these things, they're pretty damn vague. Uh, they yeah. are, because uh, in some sources, it's I mean, when you the cut the skin but- off, it's under It's under the skin. Mm-hmm. Others is, you know, it's around the place of the cut. Yeah. yeah. And, well, I mean, in a Russian superstition, a werewolf can be recognized by the bristles under their tongue. So talk about incognito <laughs> and you got to do the tongue test. Excuse me. Um, could you like, uh, with your tongue for me? Just, just, just for a sec. I got to clear you first before <laughs> exactly. we can hang out. <laughs> before, so, before this discussion goes uh, any further. He stares at his watch. Looks, I th- believe it's a full moon. Stares at his watch. Yeah. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Then. You know, pulls his pocket watch out. Exactly. I believe there's a full moon tonight. Let me, uh, let me screen you. <laughs> no, here's a question with the unibrow. If you shave the unibrow, does that clear you? I don't know. You know? Because, well, let's be honest. Because uh, I don't see the unibrow being a big fashion item. You know, no, like but now I mean, the unibrow's huge. Here's the thing, though. You've got to have a really good razor. Otherwise, even if you mm, shave it off, yeah. I mean, it's still very it's, evident. Now you're up to something. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like they had wax yeah. and they could so, wax it. So I see the cut on the bridge of your nose there. Why don't you show me that tongue? Because exactly. You know, Can you, uh, you were looking me? good from afar, but now that I'm closer, <laughs> now that I'm up close, I got a further screen. Yeah. I think the remedies are hysterical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They've, well, should we get into becoming a werewolf 101? I, why not? Okay. You know, I mean, there's the, uh, the bite. There, that's, that's there the is tail, the bite, you know. but the simplest is just remove your clothes and pull on your magical shape-shifting belt made of wolf skin mm-hmm. or a much more ecological version than donning the entire pelt, as it's frequently described, or just rub your body with some magical salve. Yeah. Drink some rainwater from the animal in question, their footprint. 
I, I heard that as well. Yeah. Uh, did you also have, or just drink from Enchanted Streams? Yes, I, I heard that. In 16th century Swedish um, stories, writer Olaus Magnus says that the Livonian werewolves were initiated by draining a cup of specially prepared beer and repeating a set formula. I don't know what the formula is. I'm glad they don't give the directions. I know. You know but here's another some one. Serious shit, Jen. In Italy, France, and Germany, if you slept outside on a certain summer Wednesday or Friday night with the full moon shining directly on your face, you could turn into a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't tell you what specific Wednesday or Friday. I suppose it would have to be a Wednesday or Friday with a full moon. With the fog, you know, the whole ambiance. Well, no, because you got to have that light of the moon shine down directly on your face. You can't have fog. No, I'm just saying a nice that. little bit of ground fog. Maybe. Like knee, Maybe. knee down. Just a little bit rustling. So you can't really see the ground. Okay. You know, Fair enough. So somebody could just be laying there and just... Bah! Just come right up and scare the hell out of you. So yeah. what do you, did you find anything uh, anything else on how to become a, a werewolf? Well, you know, there was the satanic allegiance and the, the craving of human flesh. I did see the removal. You know, you mentioned the removal of clothing and putting on a belt. Your magical shape-shifting of, belt yeah, made of wolf, wolf skin? skin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the old story, the ancient story I was talking about, the dude just peed in a circle, took his clothes off, peed in a circle, and, and changed. And I'm glad. Oddly enough, I don't see peeing in a circle after removing said clothes as one of the items, but I mean. Well, I'm saying in the old story. Well. And I can attest that doesn't work, because I've been have you, nude. Have you tried it? I've been nude and peed in a circle at night, and that's fine. But do you know most yeah. werewolves? Yeah. Do they know they're werewolves? I was with good company. I think okay. they'd let me know. They'd yeah. be like, dude, yeah, no. you turned into a wolf That's last night, wolf. man. Your clothes turned to stone. <laughs> so I left them. Can know. we talk about why your clothes turned into stone, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what's funny is, is the uh, becoming a werewolf steps. Yes. A lot of them surround the phenomenon of repercussion. You know, something that happens because of another action. Right. It gets into that whole good good and evil bit, too. Right. You want to do remedies? Um, or what else you got? Well, I have the story. It's a noted non-satanic werewolf. It's the story of an 80-year-old man named Thice in 1692, Jurgensburg, Livonia. He testified under oath that he and other werewolves were the hounds of God. And he claimed they were warriors who went into hell to do battle with witches and demons. And their efforts ensured the devil and his minions didn't carry off the grain from local failed crops to hell. He was steadfast and claimed werewolves in Germany and Russia also did battle mm. with the devil's minions. And when a werewolf died, their souls were welcomed into heaven as a reward for their service. He was ultimately sentenced to 10 lashes for idolatry and superstitious belief. So he was kind of like the Dexter Morgan of werewolves. I mean, kind of, I guess. The conscience yeah. and fighting for good. and Just, yo, man, I'm just saving you from the devil's minions. Yeah. What little grain you have, you have because, yo, I fought them all off. Mis- I think what, you, what you're looking for here is you're welcome. Yeah, he's a misunderstood guy. He, yeah. You know, he is. Yeah. 
And then that gets us into curing a werewolf 101. Well, which honestly, we need to know this information. I mean, we do. Yeah. It's it's all great knowing stories about them. It's all great knowing how it turns out, how you right. turn into one. How, but to, how to be one. At the end, we got to get rid of it. <laughs> you know. Okay. So ancient Greeks and Romans, the werewolf would be suggested to long... Um, subjected to long periods of physical activity, the practice stemmed from the fact that many alleged werewolves would be left feeling weak and debilitated after I laughed my ass off when I read that. Right? Because that sounds like my dad's fix. Yeah. Just do a lot of jumping jacks. Some burpees. You need to work that off, son. You know. You need to work that off. Go make me a table. Yeah. You know. Just, uh, I literally, I was like, yeah, that that is my dad. Yeah. At the core. Oh, my God. That you is know what such a dad is? answer. He doesn't work enough. He doesn't you work enough at all. You know what he needs to do? He needs to do something with those hands. He needs to mow the lawn. You know. <laughs> and you missed a spot. Exactly. Over there. Exactly. So keep going. Do it going again. <laughs> till exhaustion. And in medieval Europe. I mean, that's how we treat Dean. I mean, Dean yeah. gets crazy. We just tire him out. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Like right now. Yeah. Plus, in, he's on break. He really is on break. So, like, <sighs> don't even... Yeah. Um, in medieval Europe, they had three methods. One was medicinally, and it usually um, included the use of wolfsbane, mm. surgically, or exorcism. Yeah. yeah. And oddly, many of the cures were fatal to the supposed werewolves. No I way. know, right? I so, don't know. Sounds like a good remedy. Uh, well, know. this one's my favorite. A Sicilian belief of Arabic origin was a werewolf could be cured by striking its forehead or scalp with a knife. Yeah. I don't see how that's fatal. I don't see how that would change anything. Maybe that's where the the silver bullet comes in. Like, you got to use a silver blade. And then another involves the piercing of the werewolf's hands with nails. Yeah. So. Or did you hear this one? You address it three times. And it's, it's Christian, Christian name. name. Yeah. That's a German lowland tradition. It is. Yeah. It sure is. Yeah. yeah. A, while a Danish belief holds scolding a werewolf will cure it. Yeah. Just taunt it. Or convert him to Christianity. Just say it stinks. Smell like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> <laughs> and a common method of removing lycanthropy was with a devotion to St. Hubert. Yeah. Also... Cited well, and then there's the old, the old time standby, the conversion to Christianity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You Just, know what you need? You need to believe in Jesus. You need some Jesus in you. Exactly. And then there's the modern fiction with the silver weapons. You don't hear a lot of that in the past. No, the as weapons. a matter That's, of fact, I went through. It seems like a Hollywood thing. I went through history.com. Mm-hmm. I went through wiki. Nothing anywhere with regard to. Did you go to Werewolves and Us? Werewolves.com. A a time. Werewolf 101. Where do you think I got curing a Werewolf 101 and becoming a Werewolf 101? Yeah. So did you come across um, the Revenant, which is the, the belief that an animated corpse could be revived from death to haunt the living? And they accused many of these so-called revenants of also being able to be a a werewolf. So in order to prevent that from happening, you would have to do certain things to 
the bodies when you were burying them. Oh, so if you didn't send them off right. Exactly. You were going to pay for it. Yep. Um, that goes back to repercussion. It does. It does. How coincidental. But oddly, if you died in mortal sin, you would come back to life as a blood drinking wolf. And again, the blood drinking wolf. Yep. And then the werewolves would return to their human corpse Why can't at daylight. You just be a friendly sheepdog. I don't know. Um, so in order to do that, they decapitated the bodies with a spade and exorcism by the parish priests. And then the head was thrown into the stream where the weight of the sins mm. would draw it to the bottom. How poetic. Yeah. I mean, it was a poetic cool. age, let's be honest. I, they were nothing if not floral they with their did, language. They did, uh, they did a lot of things big. I think they just really had a thing for decapitation. So they were like, yo, man. Well, I kind of He get was a that. wolf. I get that. Because, I mean, I don't know. This might get a little gory. Okay. A little too, too dark. But I think, like, the worst thing you could do is take the head off of a person. Definitely. Just kind of overall. It's yeah. the, like, even during the the whole war on terrorism and, and everything. Yeah. I mean, they they pick people kneeling and beheading for a reason. The yeah. shock value is A, insane. But I think, again, it goes back to Stump, where yeah. I think it's to send a message. Be like, look. Yeah. We're not. This is this not is, okay. This is unacceptable. You know, we're going to exactly. make an example out of you. Yes. And I think that's the whole, whether I agree with it or not, doesn't matter, but it d- does send a message. It you know, clearly sends a message. It does, because here is you and I talking about it <laughs> after all these uh, True. centuries. You know? True story. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you have some additional stories? Mm, no. Are we getting right into movies? That's pretty much Or the modern it. film, so to speak. Well, do we want to get into um, Hungarian folk, uh, folklore <laughs> and werewolves used to live specifically in the region of Transylvania. Yeah. And it was believed the the ability to change into a wolf was obtained in the infant age after suffering abuse by the parents or by a curse. When seven, the boy or girl leaves the house, goes hunting by night, and can change to a person or wolf whenever they want. Mm-hmm. And the curse could be obtained in adulthood if the person passed three times through an arch made of birch with the help of a wild rose's spine. Now, if you know what that means, mm. um, more power to you. Werewolves exterminated farm animals, especially sheep, and transformation usually occurred during the winter solstice or Easter and a full moon. Later in the 17th and 18th century, the trials in Hungary not only were conducted against witches, but against werewolves too, and records exist creating connections between both kinds. Also, vampires and werewolves are closely related. Mm. Easter. Yeah, right? I mean, I I guess I could kind of get it because of the whole transformation and Jesus rising. Easter is kind of the... uh the necromancy enchanter super bowl little bit it really is a little you know? bit I yeah mean, like i mean again you gotta kind of give them credit they did it right 
Yeah, you know? you know, it's funny. The The Bible was all about no magic, no magic, no, no magic. No, And then and Jesus, Jesus? Then Jesus comes under the scene. All magic. Yeah. So, you, hey, do you think you think he was maybe uh, the first uh, the first witch? That's why they didn't really talk about him much in the book. I mean, they didn't say it by name, but I mean. Hey, turn water into wine. Yeah, walked on water. Just making a ton of bread all over the place. Cured a lame dude. Splitting, splitting seas. Brought a dead guy back to life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's not voodoo, I don't that's know what is. Some decent witchcraft, right? A uh, little bit. A little bit. So you bit. think that's, that probably would have been, you know, because you had all them Old Testament folks back then. Yeah. And if they weren't Old Testament, they were the old ancient, ancient many gods stories. Yeah. Yes. Which again... They all have that common theme that none of you really kind of do magic. Also true. Leave it to the pros. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. the gods do. Yeah. If uh, if you're into witches, I would uh, recommend our, what was that? Season four? Or no, episode, episode four. four. Season four. <laughs> How the years have gone by. Do you Ep- remember? Do you remember the first one, man? Yeah. <laughs> episode four witches. Yes. Give it a shot. Yeah. Let us know if it stinks. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah. So, basically... Now we get into werewolves and film, right? Modern film. I'm not going to get into this much because I I just don't like talking about film a whole lot. I think the other stories are much more interesting, but... Yeah. Film is kind of our folklore. If you will, yeah. So, that's where I I give it... It's it's kind of Mm semi-credit in that area. You know, I think... I think an interesting thing for me, and I didn't make this connection until... I started reading a lot about this, but I think a lot of the stories of werewolves and the lore, which, I mean, honestly, I think there's more of that than the actual, like, physical cases. Mm -hmm. It's hard to tell. I mean, there was that whole European folklore age where, yeah, I mean, magic was a weird topic. Yeah, it was all about weird magic, And there was a lot of confusion of what people are, what Mm -hmm. they can do, and... And again, gossip and crazy word could spread. But I think a lot of the stories, what I kind of noticed was a lot of the stories that had the drawings, they had the drawings of the werewolf and stuff. And it just mm-hmm. seemed like uh, it reminded me of what like graphic novels are today. Yeah. And I often wondered, like, is that some sort of a primitive graphic novel of that type of story? You know, Like an outlet or expression? Yeah, an expression, basically. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe the first feature film, and I use the word feature film because I don't, it's, it's kind of weird on werewolves being in films. And, yeah. You know, and there's a, a lot of different areas where it splits off. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that is because, uh, you know, the story of Dracula came before the werewolf, and at least as, as far as movies go. Right. But they had Dracula and the werewolf, and so the time splits. So I just started going at, like, dedicated films. Right. And not these kind of split split stories. And the first feature film to use, a, like, an anthropomorphic werewolf was Werewolf in London in 1935. That had, uh, oh, I think it was Henry Hull. And the funny part of this story was is there was very little werewolf lore in the film. Mm-hmm. And it was for two kind of big reasons. Uh, one was due to a lack of literary work to draw upon, which at that time, 
I kind of shook my head reading that. But then I also remember that I have a lot of information at my fingertips. Yeah, we have the internet. Then, you yeah. know, so, so that I, I, again, I had to pull myself back and plant myself in the era and, and right. try to think of something like that. Now, the well, funny part is, is the lead actor, Henry Hull, was unwilling to spend long hours in makeup. So when you watch it, it's not really, it's yeah. not, it doesn't have a huge wow factor. And that's when the Wolfman, 1941, pretty much brought the werewolf into public consciousness. Mm-hmm. And the negative reaction to Silver was adopted in the film. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is, uh, again, I'm not going to beat movies into the ground, but the depiction of werewolves is it's weird. They've kind of gone from this like fully male volant malevolent or malevolent uh, to now they're like heroic, heroic creatures, you know, like an underworld and twilight oh, yeah. series, you know, yeah. I mean, well, I will say the lichens in underworld. Holy cow. No, it's good, but they are literally, they're well, an ant, they're, they're a hero. In that story. Yeah, they are. I mean, it, it starts out as an anti-hero mm-hmm. type of position, but yeah. like they are the heroes to a sense. Mm-hmm. And there's this conflict of the vampires mm-hmm. and that conflict re- resides in there. But the, the werewolves are this external source that comes in right, and ultimately tries to fix everything. Yeah. So that's where... I, I thought that was interesting with movies, but a lot of it, it there's a lot of that anti-hero part of storytelling now mm-hmm. that hasn't really been told. I see you didn't mention Teen Wolf or Teen Wolf 2. Well, you know, I was going to get into Teen Wolf because Teen Wolf is probably the best werewolf movie ever made. Better than The Howling? Yeah. Yeah. Teen Wolf 2 is required viewing... Because you just need to watch something like that. <laughs> That's all. But I mean, Teen Wolf itself, I mean, you got Styles where they're walking on the milk truck, surfing on the milk truck yep. there. Yep. You know, the give me a keg of beer. You know, <laughs> are you kidding me? I love it. Good times, man. Yeah, Good yeah. times. And basically, like current day werewolf fiction is almost exclusively involves lycanthropy. Uh, or lycanthropy being a hereditary condition or transmitted like an infectious disease by another bite or werewolf. Yeah. Like there's none of the, the belt and the, you know, all that stuff. I know that, what was it? That wolf movie with uh, Jack Nicholson. Was that a bite? I'm pretty sure it was a bite. Yeah. Most of the time it's a bite or scratch. Mm -hmm. At least that's how it was. And, um, supernatural as well if i remember correctly both with vampires and werewolves if you could get to a person who had been newly infected before they had their first kill they could be cured yeah and what's funny is they brought up a lot of like actual maladies that these people could have had And one of them was rabies because the symptoms of rabies very much mirrored the quote unquote symptoms 
of a werewolf. Well, and just kind of a really crazy wild animal. Yeah. You know, that's yep. where I was going to segue into, because uh, I always like to attach something real mm-hmm. to what we have going on yeah. in the discussion. And so there's actually a medical condition that is lycanthropy. There is and, the lycanthropy and then the hypertrichosis, which yep. is the um, excessive growth of hair. And there mm-hmm. are some facial deformations. But they were saying that the incidences of those diseases. Oh, it's rare. Is very rare and it's, wouldn't account for the sheer numbers. No, no, no. But there's a, a sliver of yeah. this and that's yep. really where i'm getting at where it's basically a, a rare psychiatric syndrome that involves a delusion that the affected person can transform into has transformed into or is an animal mm-hmm. and this is not really anything with werewolves it's right. like people saying i'm a frog or yeah i'm uh you know i'm, I'm a, a tiger gi- i'm a giraffe or something like that and and it is considered a rare disorder Basically, the differences or changes in the brain they found on a neurological level. Now, of course, there isn't a whole lot of study in this field. You know, come on, science. Yeah, I know. They need do to do something fun. They need to toe the line. You know? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> come on, man. They're, they're, but they do say that parts of the brain known to be involved in representing body shape, there's these differences and changes and they did a neuroimaging study and they found on, and of course it's a small sample. It's like two people (laughs) that were diagnosed with clinical lycanthropy showed that these areas displayed unusual activation. So that would suggest that when people report their bodies are changing shape, they may be genuinely perceiving those feelings. Yeah. They, they actually believe that it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that kind of gets with a common thread that I, shamelessly plug i think into every episode at this point but the fact is is the mind for people is pretty weird well and if you perceive yourself as something or a a, an embodiment of something mm -hmm. i think you're halfway there to believing it well yeah i mean it kind of gets at its basic level the placebo effect yeah yeah i mean you can you can believe yourself sick. You can believe yourself healthy. Yeah, or just or a, you can believe yourself to be a wolf, or just a want to be something because mm-hmm. you're not happy with what yeah. you're you currently are. Yeah, again, it's the phenomenon. I'd be so much happier, man, if I could just be a wolf. Yeah, just run free, man. It's repercussion. Yeah, it's something happening because of another action, mm-hmm. and this action would be someone just wants to be this thing so bad. Well, I mean, who they, wouldn't want to be? I think it would be, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. You tell me your thing, then I'll tell you my thing. Would you rather love this? be a vampire mm-hmm. or a werewolf? And I know we've discussed this before. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to be a vampire. And I would like to be a werewolf. No, I know. I know. Why would you like to be a werewolf? Because the werewolf can waltz around in the sunshine, whereas... Mm-hmm. Aside from Underworld after Michael Corvinus and his blood yeah. getting introduced to into the mix, vampires can't do that. You know, True. you can't soak up the sun. Yeah. And I have to say, I kind of do have very much an affinity to the moon. So for me, 
Mm-hmm. Daytime's overrated. <laughs> and and I look at it from this perspective too. A vampire can mix into the public a lot better than a werewolf. In the day, yo, man, I'm a people. Yeah, but even if I change, the only thing that changes is my teeth. My teeth, my I grow fangs. True. You're going to get all hairy. You're going to smell like Bigfoot's dick. How would you know? I don't know. It is. It Maybe is. I would just come back smelling like dirt, you or know, a, from rolling around in it. Or like a puppy. You'd have that puppy smell. Oh. Yeah. Wouldn't that be the best? See, but you're not going to be a mean werewolf if you smell like a puppy. What a, what a real piece of shit deal that would be, though. Because you'd be like, hey, this person smells like a cute puppy. And then you just like tear their, <laughs> tear their jugular out. Yeah, I don't know. I would, uh, yeah, I always go the, the way of, of vampires. Yeah. They have good parties. They always I mean, live they in these do. baller mansions. They do. You know? I, I'm not even going to lie. They dress. They really do have. They dress to the nines. They do. You they know. really, really do. Yeah. You know, my little gothic heart. It, it it very much talks to me on that looks, level, but for some reason, yeah, I'm I'm just drawn to it yeah. every time, mm-hmm. every time I'm like I don't know, I think I'd want to be the wolf man. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> well, it's interesting because vampires is our next episode. It is, it is. I can't wait to get yeah get down and dirty. It's a lot more. I like these folklore stories. Yeah. Uh, Witches, for me, got a little too real when we were doing that. Yeah. To a certain extent. Witches kind of strikes a chord and... Well, you, it's a a chord on a different level, but I can just speak from my my stance. Like, these things I could do all the time because I just, they're folklore stories. Right, exactly. They're not true. Yeah. You know, I mean, if someone says they are, then show me. Goes and, back and to the, I think that's know. what bothered me with witches yeah. is these were people who were actually convicted of witchcraft, yeah. sentenced, yeah. and executed. Well, the Mal's Mouth Karm book and stuff. It, like that. Well, like yeah, that and, and I mean, like, let's be honest: the Salem witch trials, they didn't. Um, oh, what is the word? Pardon them mm. until like the 1900s. Yeah, yeah. So these people were labeled as witches. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's easy to it's easy to cast a stone. It's harder to take. It's harder it's to pull harder it to back. take it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's uh, the history of human beings, right there. But we are doing vampires next. Yes. And thanks I have for the list here. Thanks for sticking around to uh, listen to us wax poetic about werewolves. Yeah. And uh, we hope you're having a great day, a great week, a great month. All that jazz. And thanks. Hope you're enjoying the year. Yeah. We ask you to rate, subscribe, subscribe. review. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would really help us out. And again, we cannot thank you all enough for listening. And and you're still listening. Yes. It's just uh, remarkable. And we're very appreciative of it. uh, we're, We're very grateful that... Uh, you're finding this uh, either interesting or you're just listening to a train wreck every day. I don't know. I mean, either way, it's enjoyable. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. 
I think if the numbers explode, then we're a train wreck, you know, because people are just like, holy cow. You've got to listen to this. You know, you got to listen. It's like me with bad movies, you know. Yeah. Like you could tell me a decent movie and I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll check it out sometime. But I feel like, look, this is the worst sci-fi movie ever made. I'm watching it now. Yes. Like if you tell me at work, or I'm, I'm calling it This sick. is just the worst movie ever made. True. Which I true. think, hands down, we can agree is Tiptoes. Probably. Yeah. Probably at this point. No, thank you so much. And we will see you next week with vampires. We will. Thanks for swinging by. Thanks so much. And thanks for letting your friends know. And thanks for putting out the, the good word. And every little bit helps. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Woo!